You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to find out more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com where you'll find all of our past podcasts and other blog posts that we have up, along with some other items that you can purchase to help support the Beardcast. So we hope you enjoy listening to this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. And today we have some beautiful special guests with us. We have uh, the Reverend Sandy and Mark Johnson with us, and they're, they're going to tell us um, about their ministry and just the really cool things they're doing in life. So, Sandy, Mark, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thanks. I'm going to sign and try and talk at the same time. It's kind of difficult for me, but I'm going to do that. No, that's perfect. So if you're, if you're listening to the audio part of this podcast, we encourage you to go to our YouTube page because there's some wonderful visuals uh, with, with the video here today. So Sandy Mark, again, thanks for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do. Well, I'm originally from Colorado, born, raised, lived here my whole life until 10 years ago when we moved to Baltimore, Maryland. And I um, lived in Colorado, uh, well, since I was a teenager. And uh, as Sandy said, we moved to Baltimore 10 years ago. Originally, we're a part of uh, Rocky Mountain Conference, now the Mountain Sky Conference, and uh, are now part of uh, the Baltimore Washington Conference of the United Methodist Church. Great. Wonderful. So, so tell us what brought you to the Baltimore Washington Conference. Ah. So, Shall I tell that story? Please. Or do you want to start with the uh, going back to school? Oh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll start tell my telling story, the story and then I can yeah. interpret it. Yeah, so Sandy <laughs> began her doctor of ministry at um, St. Paul uh, Theological School, the Theological Seminary. And uh, early in the process, was encouraged to start thinking about her um, doctoral project. Sandy's been a part of deaf, uh, the deaf community since she was nine. nine. Um, and so wanted to do something on deaf ministry. Started to call folks around the country and um, was told that in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, there was a, uh, a very well-established ministry for the deaf community. And it Currently, there was a vacancy, and uh, she should uh, pursue that, um, which would mean uprooting uh, ourselves from Colorado, going to Maryland, and, and my heavens, why would you leave Colorado and go anywhere else, speaking to an Oklahoman and a Montanan <laughs> in realizing that. Um, so, Sandy, pick it up. So, um, I made a call to a friend of mine who actually teaches at Gallaudet. We've gone to seminary together here at Isla. And um, I interpreted for him while he was at Isla. That was interesting, I have to tell you. Trying to take a class and interpreting at the same time. What a process. But anyway, so I had given a call and I said, so what's going on? I need some information to start thinking about my, my dissertation, what I'm going to write, thinking about mission, blah, blah, blah. And he said, Hmm. Hmm. Maybe you need to talk with some other people. Well, the next thing I know, I'm getting a call from the DS saying, so are you interested in moving to Baltimore and taking on the deaf ministries? And I'm like, I have to tell you, my husband's a pastor too. We need two churches, not one, but two. So um, this was like January, February. Yeah. 
March, April, May, Mark and I had decided to go, not move, but to go to do some mission work still in New Orleans. There were still, you know, issues there. And this was 2009. Yeah. We finally decided that we weren't moving, that there wasn't an appointment for us there. This wasn't going to work out. And um, got a call the last day that we were there saying, we have a church for Mark. We want you guys to come that next week. Um, interview and we moved in 30 days to Baltimore, Maryland. Sold our house, well, put our house on the market. Put our house on the market, yeah. Um, told our children bye, our grandchildren, and we moved to Baltimore. When I got there, I was blown away with the ministry that I was asked to come and serve, which was a deaf church. Um, there were there are a lot of components to what I do, but the biggest part of that is a deaf church, and it's culturally deaf. It's not interpreted. So when I preach, I preach in sign language. I don't talk. Um, what I'm doing right now is called simcomming, and it's what I'm doing is signing English. I'm not signing ASL because my structure and everything is much different. So I have an interpreter who aids those who come handicapped with language. <laughs> In other words, they can't sign. So the interpreter helps the, the language um, enabled to understand what I'm preaching. Um, there's... Uh, Everyone who's involved in the worship service are deaf other than me. Um, I have a, a woman who is hearing, several people who are hearing, who caption um, some students, uh, people who work with me who are students learning to sign in to be interpreters, social services students who come and work with us in the 501c3 program that I run for um, working with people, uh, helping them with advocacy and we have a food pantry, and there's a lot to what we do. Because for the most part, Baltimore, many of the deaf folks are underemployed and um, unable to find work, but they find the church to be that place, that place where culturally everything is normed for them. You know, they come and everything's done in sign language. Um, everybody communicates. Even my language-enabled <laughs> husband can come and do some signing. Um, and it's really kind of sweet because they'll push me away. Marco will say, come tell me what they're saying. And they'll push me away going, no, no, no. He has to sign for himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Um, so, so one of the things that I've, I've come to realize, what I love about this is you're a deaf church. Right, not not an interpreter church. No. Right, because what what happens when we have interpreters? It's a beautiful thing, but once we get out of the service, what happens with fellowship and community? Exactly. How does a person who is deaf uh, serve in ministry? Right. Uh, how does a person who is deaf uh, go and class. go to Sunday school? How do they receive uh, spiritual guidance from the pastor? Uh, and and on and on and on. Right. And that we do that. In fact, last week, um, we brought Mark with us. We went downtown Baltimore City. Um, my congregation wanted to make sandwiches because it was freezing cold. And I know that you might know what cold is, but trust me, Baltimore is cold. <laughs> and so they wanted to make sandwiches and we had some hats and gloves and take them out and give them to the homeless people. So we did that. And I mean, here are people who themselves live on the on the edge of reality, um, who we provide food to for some of them, making sandwiches to take to other folks. I mean, just my heart. 
I have deaf-blind people who want to be involved in doing ministry. My one of my favorite people um, came and helped make sandwiches, and to watch a deaf-blind person make sandwiches is always a treat. Um, you know, he's <laughs> feeling around trying to find things. I'm like, don't do that. But um, just just the heart and the love of God. Oh, oh, and to be able to receive the understanding and the language directly and not going through an interpreter but a direct understanding of the word of god it's really interesting to me to see the way that um christ death united methodist church in baltimore is also reaching out into the community in the surrounding neighborhood there's a large population of uh, people from myanmar and uh, they are struggling to figure out what it is living in the United States. And uh, the church that Sandy serves is doing uh, English as a second language classes for recent um, folks from uh, Myanmar. Started a Girl Scout troop for, for those kids. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> we have all kinds of little girls running around the church. The, the and these neatest, are hearing kids. Yeah, hearing kids. The, the neatest ministry. I'm just going to toot your horn. Uh, the neatest ministry is that there are some, uh, a, a number of Spanish-speaking families who have deaf children, uh, and uh, the parents don't sign with the children. And, of course, the children, the children can't communicate. And so Sandy's church has connected with some social workers and some uh, specialists who are going to be teaching the uh, the parents how to sign and how to communicate with their children. Um, and I, I'm just so impressed with a deaf church who is looking beyond their community and providing ministry for issues around communication, effective communication with other cultures. Um, it's It's incredible ministry. And the coolest thing about that is one of my members, um, so we work with folks in immigration, several of our people, we have someone from Ethiopia, we have people from Colombia. So this woman from Colombia speaks, so she can speak Spanish, she can speak English, she signs ASL. She's the one working with the Spanish speaking families and she herself is deaf. I mean, what a, only God could do that. Yeah, only, only God, God could do that. I mean, <laughs> right. You know, it's just God is so good. God just provides so many opportunities when we when we grab hold of it. You know, it just thrills me about the opportunities that we keep finding, you know, and the things that we're able to do. Well, and your and their willingness to to step out because so many times in those kind of communities, it's just it becomes so isolated. In inward and, focus. And, and mm -hmm. inward focus. Um that for you all like just hearing your story of wanting to go out and serve the homeless like i mean it, it, right. it, if you're listening to this and you're not crying you need to be um <laughs> but because i mean it, it really is living out that great commission that we're all called to yeah. uh, to the whole world and uh, it's just so powerful to hear you all story um and and that connection that you're uh, getting uh, your community out into the world versus being uh, yeah. 
inward focus. That's powerful. So one of the, the interesting things in, in my mind, how many times have I said that? How, one of the interesting <laughs> things in my mind. Um, it's all interesting to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, is it so often when, when churches in dominant culture do mission, the model is for people in the dominant culture to go do for. And the ministry of Christ's deaf church it has turned that upside down and bringing people in a marginalized community as, um, as purveyors, as ministers, rather than as consumers. And um, without dominant culture telling them, okay, this is what you do, this is how you act. Uh, but is creating a ministry um, from the marginalized community and, and reaching out. And like I said, I think that's cool. No, I think that's great too. That's that's something that I love because we do. We, we get stuck in that rut of thinking, well, we're here, we're going to go do this. We can go do this for other people. Right. And, and it makes us feel good. And, and sure, we do some good things, but but to see, to see that other end of, of people who could certainly say, I have these needs, go out and, and, and see people for who they are and what they need and, and share God's love and grace is a beautiful, beautiful thing that um, the greater church needs to take note of yeah. and, and to learn from. Amen. So, so Sandy, um, do you all have like a web presence that we can point our listeners to? Yes, we do. So we're at um, Christ Deaf. That's D E A F. Sometimes people think it's Deaf. D E A T H. No, Christ C H R I S T D E A F Church hyphen U M C dot org. Okay. So we want to encourage our listeners to um, go check out that uh, website to connect more into their church and see um, just to make a connection with them and get to know what's going on. Uh, It'd be a good way to, to reach out to them. And so for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. We hope you've enjoyed the conversations that we've had today on the Bearded Theologians Beardcast. And we'd encourage you to continue those conversations online at beardedtheologians.com or on our Facebook page. We also hope that you pick up a couple of coffee mugs to uh, satisfy your coffee mug collection. Have a good day.